how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Klein. Yes, I'm Dr. Klein. This is Dr. Daniel. Sharon, things have gotten worse since I found you. I think you've been home upstairs. Is she having spasms again? Yeah, but they've gotten violent. Did you give her the medication I gave you? Yes. What was that? Well, that was Ritalin. Chris, doctors. Mother, no, please! No, 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 Everybody, happy Cinco de Mayo. Hey. <laughs> um, our special guest tonight is Joey Dunham Parent. Hi, welcome. Hi, Angel. <laughs> it's so great to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. I know we've uh, been Facebook friends for a while and you're an absolute lover of anything horror. So I just, I know I had to have you on. Definitely. <laughs> that is my jam. I have, I've always loved horror ever since I was a child. My mom's like, why are you so weird? I don't, I don't see anything weird about it. I'm just... I'm into macabre. So were you like the first one kind of in your family to have an interest in horror? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Really? That's cool. Yeah. Um, my, I, in my house, it was, it was sort of taboo because uh, my grandfather's a Baptist preacher. So it, wow. 
it kind of was frowned on. Yeah. Um, how did you start like learning about horror and stuff? Like, how was it like introduced to you? Well, the exorcist commercial started running for it. And, um, that's back when I'm telling on my age here, uh, you only had a handful full of channels. You had like CBS, NBC, ABC, and like one other one. And um, they didn't really play it on regular TV, but maybe once a year. And I saw the commercial for it and I begged and begged my mother to let me watch it. And I was way too young to watch it. Oh. And um, I was probably about six or seven and she let me watch it and it traumatized me. Mm. Well, but that's yeah, where are. it started. Um, tonight, uh, you guys, we are going to be discussing the exorcist, which I'm really excited for. Um, you know, the exorcist is on every single scariest movie list that I've like ever seen, you know, looked up. It's based on, science and heartbeat ratings and everything the exorcist is always high up there on the list so i'm definitely excited to to um dive into that um but let's uh let's talk about you first um so i guess you're uh after you had watched uh the exorcist that's really when you got your love of horror oh yeah for sure um i i know that the feel it, the feeling that it evoked in me, like I said, it was it was traumatizing, but it was exciting, and I knew mm -hmm. that I liked that feeling. So that that's what began everything, and I think um, my second movie after that was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, yeah. and then it was just. And my cousin let me watch that behind my mom's back. So it was just <laughs> a repeat of hiding stuff. And I just, I fell in love with the whole entire horror genre. What, um, what interests you about it? I know you said the feeling, you know, um, that you get from watching the movies, but, uh, like, is it, you know, like the acting, is it the makeup? Is it, you it's, know, that some of them are based off of true stories? It's, it's, I think that the thing that gets me the most is that it is based off a true story. It can happen. Mm -hmm. And anytime, and, and like I said, you know, my grandfather was a Baptist minister. So it was considered so taboo and sacrilegious mm -hmm. in my house. Right. And so that added to the fear factor a little bit. And, um, that's that's it just it was mind-blowing everything about it the, the the way that it was done um i had the pleasure I've, I've gotten to meet a couple of the actors in in the film and mm -hmm. to this day i still have the same feeling that i did when i mean it doesn't terrify me as much as it did when i was a child of course but mm -hmm. i have a whole new respect for the movie. That's awesome. I love everything about it. It's there's little pieces of it the way that it's done and directed that um the more that you watch it it's psychological. Right. Definitely. Um so I know that the the article link that you had sent me um uh, you said you hadn't started modeling till about 2005. Now, Correct. had you always wanted to be a model? Um, no, no. I, I got married at 21 and, um, I was a financial advisor and a banker. Wow. And, yeah. I sold life insurance and annuities and, all of that. And, um, I was in, I was going through a divorce and one of my girlfriends at work told me, she said, you know, you, you should try modeling. 
you know, you would make a good model. And I just never thought about it. And then one day, you know, after the divorce, I'm like, well, nothing's stopping me now, you know, and that's back when they had um, MySpace and I was approached, you know, so I said, well, let's try it. Let's give it a try. And I, I think my second gig out of the gate was paid and it just started they just started coming in after that so i was i was extremely lucky that's really cool um uh, was it like horror modeling it didn't start out as horror modeling no it started out more um glam modeling and uh i did a lot of art modeling um Glam, I did I did a lot of gallery work. Oh, cool. uh, Maxim, I was uh, a Maxim hottie. Uh, what? Yeah. What? So, um, <laughs> and then that's when we started getting into the horror. I did uh, something. It was in a contest. It was barely oh, rotten barely. girls. Yeah, yeah, next door, and I won that. And then. It, psh, that that's all it took i wanted to do so much of that and that's i did my own makeup and everything for that with just stuff that i had laying around the house and then my husband shot the photo and I, awesome. it was so fun what um what makeup had you done for your or for the contest um i used like uh i did zombie makeup mm -hmm. so i just used like a mud mask and let it crack and then i put a uh, toilet paper on my face and while it was wet on the mask and then let it dry and started peeling it back and then i would dab in the red gloss to look like it was bleeding and just stuff like that to make my skin look like it was kind of peeling off just I put like purple veins coming up my neck and on the side of my face and just weird, gross stuff like that. And it worked, you know, along with the lighting that we used mm -hmm. and the, um, you know, the editing factor at that. And, uh, I was topless. I had, mm -hmm. um, two X's over my boobs like in tape yeah but um and a choker oh that's cool yeah well, see like that's that's really i appreciate makeup so much because i mean with you can find pretty much anything you know to to improvise with you know to to do makeup like oh, yeah. a mud mask i wouldn't have even thought of that like that's so smart <laughs> yeah and i was like what do i have you know because just laying around that i can do and i mean three o'clock in the morning and we're like i'm bored what do you want to do let's sh and it's easy when your husband's a photographer so it's just <laughs> like hey let's play but it was it was it was great and you ended up placing first in that contest right yeah and then we did it ended up uh doing a calendar so i got on the in the calendar for the for the girls and i have a trophy which is like a big zombie hand with a heart like a big chunk eating out the middle of it and it's shaped in a heart but that opened up a lot of doors for me in the horror community is that how you started acting as well um no my first acting gig was actually as an extra in a horror film um i played uh i was basically like in a voodoo trance just walking with a whole a bunch of townspeople we were all walking and i'm like 
dude, they're not doing anything. They're not giving, they just look just blah. So, and you could see that the director was wanting more, wanting more. So I just fell to my knees and just started flailing back and rolling my eyes in my head. And the next thing I know, the camera is in my face and I'm <laughs> literally beating the back of my head on the concrete. And then I just waited for him to say, okay, cut. He just started filming it. I mean, good because right. nobody was. <laughs> yeah. We, it's um, like we, we suffer for our art, right? Oh like, yeah. I, I can I, imagine how, how the back of your head was feeling. I suffered <laughs> for a week for that shit. Jeez. Um, do you remember the name of that movie? Is there a way that anybody could, you know, like watch it or. It started out with one name as terror on the bayou, but they ended up changing the name and that was around. That was around 2004, 2005. Okay. So it was right around when you started doing your model and stuff yeah. too. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you say the, the bayou, you're in New Orleans? Well, I, I, I live probably about 45 minutes from New Orleans. So, cool. and, and my best friend has a condo in New Orleans that I go and stay at very frequently. So, but yeah, uh, but back then it was, I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting a bayou over here. So, yeah, I mean, you can tell the accent. <laughs> it's some pretty of my, Some of my favorite, um, well, one of my favorite authors is V.C. Andrews and one of the series of her books takes place um in louisiana area so they talk about the bayou all the time and swamps and alligators yep um the the series is uh ruby i have not read that series yet yeah it's uh that kind of made me start to have an interest in, uh, you know, Louisiana because of just the way that, you know, Andrews, you know, wrote about it in, in that series. And I actually ended up going to new Orleans, um, a few years ago. I wish I would have known you then I could have, could have met you in person. How did you enjoy it? <laughs> oh gosh. I loved it. Just the, the energy there, you know, and, and the culture, the food, especially like, oh my gosh, I, it's one of my favorite places to go for sure. If you get to come back there, uh, there are a lot of attractions that you probably weren't aware of. Like they have a, um, museum of death. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, they have haunted history tours. I did do uh, one of those, like a ghost tour. A ghost kinda. tour, uh-huh. We passed by, um, you know, like the, there's a really big house uh, where like Nick Cage had bought that house and ended up selling the house. I did a photo shoot in that house. <laughs> what? Did you yeah, have any I, creepy vibes? No, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was really cool because my photographer's studio was built adjacent on the side of the house and they have a courtyard like right in the middle with like this big, huge sugar kettle thing. So we did mm -hmm. a lot of stuff outside and then, you know, I, I shot there at least five times. Wow. Yeah. That's he has amazing. this huge chandelier hanging it's three stories plus he has a like a speakeasy basement at the bottom so it, the chandelier hangs all the way from the top of the ceiling in the middle like in the foyer and goes and it's swarovski crystal and goes all the way down to the floor that sounds so beautiful three floors yeah it's gorgeous wow yeah and it no, was I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It was it was featured in. Um, they did part of that in uh, American Horror Story. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, in uh, Coven season three. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I, um, yeah, I'm going to have to definitely let you know when I'm coming back. Cause I do oh, plan sure. on coming back. <laughs> oh, we'll hang out. Um, the museum of death. What is that? Like, what is that like? What, what do you, um, my daughter goes there all the time. I've never been, but, um, she wants like me and her to go. And I'm assuming so that I can buy her stuff. You know, <laughs> mom break out the checkbook, but she said they have a, a, a lot of cool stuff. My, my daughter is, is, she's exactly like me when it comes to morbid, you know, mm -hmm. and horror stuff like that. She's obsessed with uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Obsessed. Yeah, that's so. a, he, um, he's definitely one of the one of the more well-known ones i know uh you know jeffrey dahmer ted bundy you know uh eileen eileen uh warner or warnos is up there for me as well too i really mm -hmm. uh wish yeah, she, i knew more about her she has um three dahmer books i believe wow yeah she's, she watched all the films and the documentaries oh, and stuff oh, yeah. too mm -hmm. i bought her a couple weeks ago um, cause she's been having a hard time with, with college, you know, it's just getting really stressful. And, um, so I bought her a, a Jeffrey Dahmer coffee mug and I said, Hey cutie, you're looking like a snack. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I just had it sent to her, you know, she's like, Oh, thanks mom. Yeah. That's really all. That's cool. I'm I'm trying to work on collecting more like the horror, um, you know, like related things. Um, I know my my boyfriend wasn't really into anything horror until he met me, and now uh, like we have all sorts of you know little little things around the house. <laughs> I want to show you something so bad, and I should have gotten it out for the interview, but hang on one second. Okay. Babe, babe, can you bring my um, exorcist doll and my Pazuzu? I'm excited now. <laughs> I want to see this. <laughs> one was a Christmas present and one I just bought myself on um, Amazon. Thank you, baby. I have like the best husband. <laughs> Whoa, Pazuzu. That's my Pazuzu. Yep. And then oh, cool. Hey, and you have the different. Oh, that's cool. You got the that's the vomit. <laughs> the vomits in there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's the whole house is my living room. It looks like a college kid lives here because <laughs> it, it doesn't look like a grown up lives here. It's it's basically wall to wall, nothing but Walking Dead, Star Wars and horror stuff everywhere. I used to go to Dallas every single year for the Texas Frightmare Convention. So I got a lot of good stuff there. You should go. It's awesome. I want to, um, I know the last convention that I went to, um, was a cult classic, um, in Texas. Um, and I'll be going to fear fest, uh, at the end of uh, this month, um, in North Carolina, um, which I'm super excited for. Um, Tom Savini's going to be there. I met him. He's great. I want to, I'm so like, I don't even like, I'm really trying not to like fangirl, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like he might be one of those people that I like have a hard time talking oh, to. I get it. I get it, girl. <laughs> I understand completely. Um, so do you still, do you still do any modeling? Like, are you active still with modeling and acting? I haven't done anything in a while because I've, I've basically been trying to, like I said, my daughter's in college. 
right now and um so i'm trying to like help her if she needs help she doesn't drive so if she needs to go here there to the doctor or whatever something comes up i'll you know bring her um and then my mother is ill so i've been Mm -hmm. trying to help take care of my mom as well and then i've packed on a few pounds because COVID, so I've just been kind of, you know, I'm kind of content right now Hmm. not to, I'm just, I'm happy where I am. I'll be, I'll be 47 next month. So if I, if something happens, if there's a project that I'm really, really interested in, I might, you know, consider doing it, but it's, I think I'm content right now to just hang up my stilettos. Yeah, I dig it. And I mean, honestly, right now, you know, things in the industry are, you know, a little crazy. You know, people are very hesitant, you know, to support Indiegogo's with all the drama that's been going on and people like not getting their perks fulfilled and, you know, not getting their money back or something. So it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, just not like, not, you know, bad per se, but, you know, people are just extra cautious right now, you know? Oh yeah. Um, The film industry in general is, is really taking a hit. Uh, The only way that basically you're not getting fucked is if you're in a union, you know, and I mean, like I told you about my best friend in New Orleans, he was doing, um, he was working on NCIS and he stopped working. He was a stand in for one of the main, um, guys on NCIS and he stopped doing it and just started working electric. And so now he's doing gaffer lighting and rigging and he's in the electrician union because he said it's, it's more it's more stable and uh, he does other movies as well. Like he doesn't work for NCIS anymore because I mean, there's no new Orleans one, but he does a lot of Disney films and big projects like that. But he said it's, it's like guaranteed work Yeah, and it pays a lot more. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, You know, a lot of um, indie films being, you know, like funded through Indiegogo, you know, it's it's hard to to get everybody paid. And a lot of the times, you know, it's it's for the passion. You know, a lot of people end up doing projects for the, you know, for their love of it, Um, which is, you know, kind of I mean, that's, you know, still where I am. You know, I don't get paid for every project, you know, that I work on. But I just I love what I do so much, you know, so if I'm able to, you know, do something locally and I don't get paid it, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it because it's just more experience, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I worked on one. I worked on three indie films that I didn't get paid for. And one of them, I have a uh, producer credit on it. And I. I didn't get paid for it and I worked my butt off and I didn't Mm -hmm. care if I got paid because I enjoyed myself so much working on the film. Yeah. You know, and you end up meeting like a lot of really cool people, you know, it's a a really good way to network too. And they they become family because when you work on a project Mm -hmm. like that, you spend so much time with these people. Yep. You know, it's, it was great. I think that everybody should do an indie film at least once. I completely it's, it's agree. A, it's a whole different experience. And everybody literally has to work together to make the movie happen. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was, I remember one night it was three o'clock in the morning and I was doing, making everybody coffee, f- fixing people's sandwiches, <laughs> you know, okay. just try and help keep everybody awake, just doing whatever I could do. And then I had a scene coming up like two hours later. So I'm like laying on the sofa with my head <laughs> propped up so that my makeup didn't get messed up. And I'm just like this. Please don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was great. I loved it. 
<laughs> well, um, I guess we can go ahead and uh, start talking about The Exorcist. Okay, let's get in it. <laughs> I got some notes, girl. Um, before before we jump into um, talking about the movie, do you have any, um, you know, like social media links or anything that you um, care to share? You know, that's kind of a touchy subject right now. Uh, um, uh, or Facebook? You know, um, yeah, uh, my Facebook is um, Joey Dunham Parents. Cool. And it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like my name is spelled right there, Joey Dunham Parent. And that's how you find me. Um, Twitter is, I don't even know my own stuff, girl. No, it's okay. My, <laughs> it's IG, <all> right. <laughs> my IG, hopefully, I'll be getting that back tomorrow, but um, it got hacked today, so. These dang scammers, I'm telling you. <laughs> They're at it hard, but my uh, my my uh Twitter is at Joey J O I E underscore Dunham D U N H A M. Cool. So yeah. um and I think uh some of your modeling photos and stuff are on your Facebook, right? Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, right. the ones that haven't gotten reported. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so the exorcist, <laughs> one of the scariest films, um, of, of all time, according to every single, you know, horror media outlet out there, every single scary movie list out there. Um, and I have to agree. Um, you know, I was just watching on Shudder, um, the, the cursed films, um, you know, and the exorcist is the first one that's on there. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, at first, I didn't even know that uh, The Exorcist was based off of a true story. Yeah. Um, you know, the book that uh, William Peter Blatley wrote? Blady. Blady, yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I mean, thinking back on it now, I'm like, wow, like there's, I knew that there was a reason why, you know, that movie did scare me so much, you know, because it's something that actually occurred <laughs> oh yeah and, and the thing is with the it it happened it, i think the um in the true story it was a boy mm -hmm. it was a little boy um but yeah it got rough um poor thing i mean and that's what makes it like you said, that's what makes it so frightening is because something like that could really happen. But, um, hello, in the movie, they make you think, okay, well, what happened was she played with the Ouija board and that's what started it. Yeah. But there's so many different things. I mean, they dug up my little friend here. Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. And um I think honestly it because she calls the spirit Captain Howdy, which is Pazuzu. Yep. yep. And he never wanted her, I don't think. He was yeah. always after Father Karis. Yeah, because technically isn't, um, I remember hearing uh, that uh, Lamashtu, who's the, you know, the, basically the enemy of Pazuzu was the one who was more interested in like pregnant women and, you know, like babies and, and you know, children and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then he ended up getting the priest in the end, you know, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he got <laughs> it, it, the thing he missed. He missed because this is a part. It, it it took me a long time, and it, it it's something that I didn't understand. 
because I couldn't quite figure it out. It bothered me. I had to watch it and watch it and watch it for it to just click. But he fucked with Father Kara so hard and so much in his mind because that night that Father Karras and his mom are sitting there and he and she's sick, she's ill, and he's mm -hmm. telling her she needs to go to the nursing home. And she she's telling him she doesn't want to go. And she says, this is my house. I'm not leaving. I'm not going nowhere. And then he says, well, okay, mama. Okay, mama. Okay, mama. And then he tucks her in. And it's a very pivotal scene because if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss it. He tucks her in and turns off the light, the lamp, and goes and walks out the room. But if you look as he's walking out of the room, behind him, the room is completely pitch black, but mm -hmm. you see his mama in the chair. She's done falling over to the side. His mama died that instant that he walked out of that room. Yeah, I, d I did not notice that. And when the priest is at the party, when Reagan comes in there and pees on the floor. Mm -hmm. And the, the other priest is saying, well, did you hear about Father Karras's mom? She died right there in the house. That's when it happened. Wow. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it bothered me for a long time because I'm like, well, wait, but when did because the whole time he's seeing her in a nursing home. And having dreams of her being in a nursing home, but she never went to mm -hmm. a nursing home. Yeah, she died mm -hmm. in the house. That instant that he left. Huh. Yeah, so it it honestly like, you know, it, the Ouija board really had nothing to to do with it at all. They just made it seem like it. All, all I know is that when the mama heard what she thought was rats. Mm -hmm. And and then she went up there and Reagan was playing with it. And she says, well, yeah. how long have you been doing this? She says, oh, I've. I've been doing it a while now. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have been what helped. Like the port of entry. Based right. Kind of like <clears throat> right. But, um, I mean, I've got, it was just for the, the, from the beginning, you know, the, she hears the rats, you know, and then Reagan sitting there playing with the Ouija board, but it had already been happened. You yeah, because I mean, they start out the they start out the movie with, um, you know, Pazuzu and you know the whole like excavation, you know, scene. So like we already know that the that the demon and you know, like that, that whole thing, you know, exists already. It's just and a. It, Father Dyer. <laughs> the old priest, the one who had a heart attack in the movie. Um, he was a real actual priest. Yeah. His name, his name was William O'Malley. And uh, he was the only one now say that might be why that film is so cursed. I mean, you've got all this stuff going on, but you have a real priest in the room. Yeah. Doing all of this. I mean, I don't know. And they also had to have, you know, a, a priest come on and, and bless the set as well. They had a, a, Jes a Jesuit priest come on. Um, you know, and it might have been him. His name mm. was William O'Malley. Yeah, there was know. a lot of stuff that happened, um, you know, on that set that, you know, made everybody on the set kind of feel like it, it, it 
was essentially cursed, you know, like um, the scene where uh, where Reagan is, you know, her back is slamming against the bed, you know, like her her back actually got injured yeah. on that set, you know, um, and uh, there were like family members of, you know, some of the, the actors and stuff uh, who passed away during the duration of filming. The mom um, got hurt, too. From the dresser. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's, oh, it's I'd have been uh, like, okay, it's time to shut this shit show down. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's cool that they finished the movie, you know, like, because it does bring light to, you know, like, exorcisms. Like, I, I, I believe that people can be possessed you know i i believe that exorcisms you know are, are real and um there's just you know like there's too much evidence you know like proving you know how oh, definitely <laughs> definitely um and then uh i think honestly what gives this film so much power i believe is because and and this is just my opinion but it, it the entire film is built on religious guilt you know mm -hmm. and and like catholicism mostly but you know because it's it's you notice in scary ass movies that have to do with all of this stuff. Nothing ever happens to Baptist people. Yeah. It's only Catholics. Yeah. So it's it's religious guilt. And and the, the there's the you know, the mental health shit. That's a big aspect of this this film. You know, the people that, that she was, you know, subjected to all of these tests as a child that that played a big part in it. You know, is is she crazy right. or is this really happened to her? So there was weighing on all that the, the mental health issues as well. It was it was hard for people to to see Reagan as, you know, a victim. Right, you know? right. Because you know, they didn't want to believe that, you know, she could be possessed. Now, um, have you seen, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you probably have, but, uh, the uncut one, the uncut version. I have not. Child. <laughs> you have yeah. to. You have okay. to. Because there's so much stuff in the uncut it has so much bonus stuff there's a, a, act, a actor by the name of eileen deets yes yep she's amazing absolutely amazing i i had the chance i got to meet her in dallas oh that's cool and she plays pazuzu yep and it's the face just that's one of the creepy creepiest things in the film her face just starts appearing on the wall in reagan's bedroom mm -hmm. and that just gives you just chills and then no. when reagan does that backwards spider walk down the staircase yeah you have to get up and go pee that's I mean, um that's eileen right still playing uh or I know she did the the vomiting scene, the masturbation scene, and the levitation scene in Pazuzu. Um, yeah, uh, so Reagan didn't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be kind of awkward for a twelve-year-old. To yeah. To, yeah. Um, to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to do that very uh, 
graphic scene. Now I did see in your notes, you had written, you know, about like, you know, blasphemy and all that stuff, which so there's a shit ton of it in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember I, cause I told you, I begged my mom to let me watch this. And she kept saying, no, Joey, no, 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 you can't, you're too young. It's, it's really bad. And I'm like, it can't be that bad, mom. She's like, I'm telling you, it's bad. Well, what's that term? Fuck around and find out. <laughs> there I am. Little mini Joey and my little Winnie the Pooh sleeping bag on the floor, curled up <laughs> in a ball, crying. I have my fingers in my, when she starts talking in that voice. Yeah. And they're playing it and you can hear it. They're playing like the recording of it. I have my fingers buried so deep in my ears and so hard that I can still hear it on the TV. My ears like hurt for like three days. It was terrible. Um, we did have a question from one of our viewers. Um, are you religious at all? Who me? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I would I would say I'm 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 religious I'm spiritual I'm not because I wouldn't say I'm not Catholic I'm not Baptist but you know I have faith I believe mm -hmm. in God yes definitely no when you um when you met uh, Eileen did she like tell you you know anything else like about the film did she you know were you able to talk to her you know about any aspects of the film we we only got to speak for a very very brief moment because there were so many people around mm -hmm. um so no she didn't uh talk a whole whole lot mostly it was just a you know, hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. And joked around a little bit about this and that, but it, she didn't really, you know, get to talk about that a whole lot. I mean, there mm -hmm. were swarms of people. So, yeah, I I know how crazy some of those cons can get like lines wrapped around all the vendors and <laughs> out the doors. And I can I can only imagine how long her line was yeah. I, I, then at the after party, I didn't get a chance to hang out with her because she was, I think hanging with, um, Meg Foster. So, okay. so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get to hang out with her a whole lot, but maybe next time. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> So would you say that The Exorcist is probably your favorite horror film? Oh, definitely. Yeah. The Exorcist, um, Poltergeist, love the original Poltergeist. Um, because, I mean, I separate my horror films into genres, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, you have your favorite slasher type films and then right. you have, you know, your favorite. To me, The Exorcist is just plain ass scary. Yeah. And it's funny when I when I say like my favorite, like scary movies and horror films. And I told you I categorize them. Mm -hmm. And then I mentioned Poltergeist, also a cursed film. Yep. So, I mean, you know, you see where my head's at. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, um, yeah, no, the the Exorcist is, is definitely up there for me. And I know I I haven't watched it as, as much as I, I want to, um, you know, and now that um, you brought up the un the uncut version. That's definitely I I want to watch that um, version. Um, but I always, you know, just remembered, you know, essentially like the the vomiting scene and just, you know, how they did the makeup and stuff on on Reagan and like, you know, the voice. Like you brought up the voice and you know, the like voice. that's 
that's one that'll get stuck in your head. You know, you can have nightmares. Oh yeah. Um, something else interesting that I learned on uh, the the cursed film uh, episode um, was that the the PR, you know, was definitely um, you know escalated to to make people you know want to go and and see it and feigning <laughs> in there and going in there and feigning. Yeah, they they made it like if this is the scariest movie you will ever see and just people were that I think they said people were like vomiting. Yeah, fainting. Yeah. yeah, passing out. Um, they, I know in some of the, you know, like uh, advertising. Oh, excuse me. They, um, you know, had said, you know, pregnant women should not go and see this. And I'd be like, hell, sign me up. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, this is definitely a movie that will always, you know, be be in, you know, like history, you know, horror history. It's it's classic. It's up there. You know, you can ask anybody and. Mostly everybody who is a horror fan has, you know, seen this movie. Well, it's something that if you've ever seen it, you you will not forget it. It sticks with you. Yeah. For sure. But um, I know that the first time I saw it, I, that was it. And I told my mother that I was doing this interview, this podcast, and uh, what we were going to be talking about. And I told her last night that I was watching it again and, you know, just jotting down a few bullet points. She said, well, I don't know why, Joey, you've seen that movie so many times. You should know the whole damn thing backwards and forwards. (laughs) I said, well, I just want to be prepared. Yeah. um, You know, and I, I learned a couple new things too, you know, like, I don't know. It's, oh, Something else, um, um, and I'll actually um, uh, ask to for anybody who's watching if they have any questions or comments or anything that they have for you. Um, you know, go ahead and uh, ask them or or write them out. Um, but there was an actual murderer in The Exorcist, right? Like <clears throat> um, the in the scene where they're doing the an- angiography. Um, the tech, the, the tech or, or whatever, who was in the movie was actually a, a murderer, like a real I life. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Paul Bateson, I believe his name is. Yeah. He, um, I forgot what I did not role. Know that. Yeah. He played exactly. But, um, yeah, he, uh, there was somebody who I think was watching the film and like had, had like recognized him or something or, and anyway, so Paul Bateson had made a call to this, uh, reporter and, you know, said that I killed so-and-so and yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They um, just it, asked, yes, I know my birthday is coming up in 52 days. <laughs> My birthday is, uh, what's today's date? The 5th? My birthday's in 19 days. My birthday is May 24th. (laughs) Yeah, but you're still young. After you hit 40, those birthdays start hurting. Oh. (laughs) They become painful. I'm going to be 28. Yay. Yay. You're a baby. Uh, I'm I'm excited though, you know. Um, I see that. Uh, oh, thank think, you. You got a fan. Who do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Oh, well, That's I'm so happy sweet. that they're commenting. Yeah, they love you. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. Follow me. Um, please. I. I had to recover my Twitter account, so hit me up and follow me <laughs> on Facebook. Hey, I can't. My well, my Instagram is somebody <laughs> hacked it, so I'll probably be able to recover it tomorrow. 
and I don't mind at all. That's my brother's birthday. May 23rd is my brother's birthday. May 23rd, that means they're a Gemini like me. <laughs> That's cool. Um, well, uh, this has been a really fun episode. I'm really glad that you came on. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> Look, if you ever want me to come back, I would, I'd love to. This has been great. I agree. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I hate that we haven't, you know, been able to, to meet or speak before, but I, I feel like this went, went very swell. <laughs> oh yeah. It, I, I think it went smooth, very smooth. We, it was just, <clears throat> I learned some stuff. Like I had no idea you blew my mind with that whole killer thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that the guy, um, had, you know, ended up like, uh, he was gay or something, um, you know, which kind of brings me back to the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, you know, cause your daughter loves Jeffrey Dahmer, but yeah, no, you should, um, look that up and do some research on that. Cause as soon as I get off of here, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, his name was Paul Bateson. Paul Bateson. Mm -hmm. Let me write that down. But um, does anybody else have any more questions or comments? Speak now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> oh, uh, so out of like all the like props and little like horror trinkets and stuff that you have, which one's your favorite? That's a hard question. Um, <laughs> that's a really hard question. Cause I have like so many really cool things. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> um, I would have to say my Pazuzu. Oh, yeah. It's like one of my favorites and my exorcist doll. Yeah. But like, literally I have so many watch after <laughs> I get off of this, I'm going to be like, I forgot to tell her about yeah. this. <laughs> My favorite movie that I have done. Well, I did a movie Rekill where I was a zombie. That was fun. Nothing like scaling a chain link fence and Chuck Taylors. Um, Ooh. and I got some really cool makeup. Uh, but my, I think it was my indie movie that I did, um, River Ridge. River Ridge. Yeah, it was the production quality wasn't that great. It wasn't a horror movie, but it was just fun to do. Cool. And Amerimet was really fun too. I'm on Twitter. Yeah, Thank Twitter. You. Twitter's a hard. Um, <laughs> Twitter's a hard app to to work. I don't really know how to work Twitter either. <laughs> you just you just tweet and you just tweet at and it just sends me you know posts on my wall or you know if I post something it you just follow me and look at my posts and then retweet or I don't know it's. You just at me and at then say, yeah, <laughs> reply to stuff, I guess. Uh, right yeah, now, my face, my, my Twitter page is full of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial stuff. So, Yeah, next time we have you on, we're definitely going to um, talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. I know you wanted to, to talk oh, about yeah. that because of, you know, the recent events surrounding Johnny Depp right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I can I can tell you that he'd much rather have Freddy Krueger in his bed than Amber Turd. <laughs> yeah, I I concur. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> um, I have one last question for you before we go. Sure. Um, did you ever do any any makeup for any of the films um that you were in, like any makeup yourself? Uh. 
or, you know, like on other people as like a special effects artist? I, I didn't do special effects makeup, but I did do the makeup for, um, well, I did my makeup in a film. I did free spirits and I did my own makeup when I worked in a, a movie, the courier with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, what? What? Oh my God. He's like a celebrity crush. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honey, I got paid money to walk back and forth, back and forth all day and look at his butt, watch him coming and going. It was great. I'm like, oh. they're paying me for this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I did a uh, hair and makeup for free spirit. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, I want to. I'm gonna have to see if I can find any of these movies because I want to watch them. You have to send me like a list or something whenever we get off of here. Okay. Maybe they're like on Tubi or you know, like something like that. Maybe you can find them somewhere. I'll have to. I'll have to figure out where they <laughs> are. I have to like. The director's name is Peter Barry, and I'll have to try and figure out where his links are. Or, or what Peter. what they are like they're indie indie low budget low budget <laughs> but wow. they were fun so oh. well but, um, I, I think uh i think everybody's uh done you know asking questions or comments i haven't seen anybody uh else post anymore but um all right well i'll uh, definitely do that yeah you have full made you got a fan there i'm very excited that's awesome <laughs> um but uh yeah um everybody thank you so much for for tuning in again joey thank you so much for being on the show thank you angel um, i had a blast yeah, absolutely. Um, for those watching, uh, Killer Queen's Podcast of Screams is on uh, Facebook, and we now have uh, an Instagram page as well. Um, the YouTube uh, link, you know, um, anybody can can click on that and be able to to watch this, um, you know, this video whenever. Um, and then the audio versions should be up tomorrow, uh, you know, on iTunes and. Uh, um, Spotify and etc. So, yay! <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, everybody, and thank um, you. tune in next week. Uh, Lydia Manson will be on. Very excited to have her on. So, <laughs> tune in, and uh, everybody, y'all have a great night and a great uh, Revenge of the Sith day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
and rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. 